Shoot the Dough is looking a little bit different today. Yeah. Because we're not live today. It's recorded. We had to do something a little bit different because we are on a much needed vacation. That's right. We're taking the week off. So on uh, today and then coming up on Friday as well, we're going to dip into the archives a little bit. It's time for a No Longer Safe episode. So we thought we'd maybe go back to where it all started. No Longer Safe are conversations with friends or people that have been recommended to us on particular topics. And so the one we're going to play for you today is the original very first No Longer Safe with my friend Ida. This is from three years ago. Yeah, this is from 2012. Wow. You know what's interesting? No Longer Safe existed as a podcast even before Shoe the Doe did. Did you know that? I did a No Longer Safe podcast with a couple people before we had even met. Whoa. So those are, I wonder So if, this is like the reboot? Yeah. Whoa. This is like, yeah, the reboot with Team DNA. Whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I love this episode. I think this is, uh, this episode was when I knew what we did was not only fun, but could be valuable and important to culture. You know what I mean? Like there's a difference. And over the last three years, there have been really great conversations that have happened about this particular podcast. I know my mom and I have had many conversations and we reference Ida's Mm -hmm. interview as we're talking um, as an example, because one of the things that she didn't expect, she was like, well, I kind of wanted you to, you know, lead her to Jesus at the end. I heard that from a few of my Christian friends as well. It was like, where's the Jesus? Why aren't you? Why aren't you trying to convert her to convert her? And it's Mm -hmm. like, that's what makes it different. That's what makes it, I think, very valuable is that we're trying to build bridges not make people into something they don't want to be. And That's right. we leave it up to the creator of the universe to communicate those things. You know, for us, it's just seeing people as equal human beings, no matter how our belief systems are different. This is what a normal conversation is like. You know, when you have a friend, I don't, I'm not friends with Ida to convert Ida. Right. I'm friends with Ida because I love her and she adds some incredible elements to my life and she teaches me so much. Ida's one of those people in my life who has taught me more than I think anybody will really ever quite understand and more than any Christian mentor that I've had, if I really look at it. Now, granted, I've known her for a very, very long sure. time now, but she's very wise and she's very deep. And a lot of her principles that she talks about are really similar to a lot of the principles in Christianity, too. Well, truth is truth, she no matter just, what angle you come at it from. She doesn't claim Christianity as, you know, her her center and her core. And like you said, Aaron, you know, I believe that um, she's on a path and a journey and that God is going to continue to show himself in her life. And I, you know, of course, I want her to have a revelation where she believes that the God of love and and life and um, joy and peace is a real being that really cares about her life in a real way. But the best thing I can do is just be like an example of a friend that, you know, loves her and is gracious and all that stuff. That's that's what I can do for her. I think it's really interesting because sometimes it feels like the complaint is that there's not enough stake in somebody's soul. And it's like, no, we understand the importance of our connection to God and every human being's connection to God. It's just, that's not our responsibility to make that happen. It's our responsibility to live out the truth of our own lives through love. and At the end of the day, I have to answer to God. And if he put on my heart at some point in time 
to have a come to Jesus conversation with Ida. <laughs> a literal come a to literal Jesus one. conversation. And I was like, no, I don't want to do that. Right. I have to answer for that. Right. But I can confidently tell you, and I hope that you want, you know, anyone understands that my relationship with Ida is not based on me trying to kind of go in and create a moment. I'm excited for if that moment happens. And I've also experienced other friendships where I've never pressed God. You know, I had God pressed on me a whole lot mm. and it was hardly ever appreciated. No, it almost, you know? it's almost repelling in many it ways. It was absolutely repelling. I mean, when I, when I came to my relationship with God, it was because it happened in the right time for me. And then it made sense and it connected and my whole life shifted after that. So I want to honor my friends and, and things like, and not like, I don't know, I don't want to press them. It's just, it, it feels like such a more fake uh, experience in a way, you know, where you're just forcing someone to to go through thoughts and processes that they're not quite ready for. So, you know, of course I want, you know, Ida and I to hang out for an eternity. Of course I want, you know, her to truly understand her value as a um, a child that was, I'm going to say child of God, but like as a being that was created by God, you know, mm-hmm. like, I, of course I want that for her. But our conversations are often really similar to that already. She's just not ascribing the same words to it. Mm. So when that flip over happens, I will be excited and it will be a moment for me. But that's not what this particular podcast was about three years ago. It was literally just creating a conversation with someone who is different, who with someone who believes differently. And it was for Aaron and I, but it was also for our audience to kind of show that, yeah, you can have a lot in common with an atheist. Just because you're different doesn't make you my enemy. Because you're different can make you my greatest ally. That's like a quote I wrote. As quoted on June 4th, 2015. <laughs> so I know we just hit some serious stuff, but that's kind of what we, new- I love it. I wasn't expecting that. I, you know, I was just thinking we'd just kind of introduce you know, the episode and, and let it play. But I'm glad we got into that stuff. I am that too. Because that's been what has... That has been the conversation about this particular episode for the last three years. So to kind of give that update. It's nice to revisit. It is nice to revisit it. And it'll be nice to hear Ida's uh, perspective again. And also, I'm sure if she was in this room right now, she would say that her perspective has actually shifted um, since this podcast recording. Well, maybe we should have her back in sometime. I think that'd be fun. I would love to have Ida back in to sort of reconverse about how she is thinking. One of the things that um, I constantly love about our conversations is that we have we have a lot of scientific conversation, and I personally believe that science and Christianity are like they line up yeah. really, really well. Just mm-hmm. because there's scientific proof that such and such happened doesn't they aren't mutually negate exclusive. God. Yeah, so we've been having those conversations a lot lately, as well as how to uh, juice <laughs> and. Um, Let's see. She as well as conversations about juice. And what no, is no, no, juicing <laughs> like a Vitamix and a juicer. Yes. Yeah. Which that's not at all what we're going to talk about. No. Okay. No. You know what we should also do? We should thank our Patreon supporters because you make this happen, even no! though we're not technically live no! today. Uh, we want to let you know that no! we're so grateful. For, no! Well, I'm grateful. Apparently, just me. No. <laughs> I don't know why. We really are very thankful. If you don't know, uh, this show, Shoot the Dough, is made possible by our friends and family and fans all through Patreon.com. Yeah. 
So that's what, why we can do what we do is because people say, I can do $3 a month and help you guys out. And we have different levels and the, the more support we get, the more we're able to do. That's why we're doing two live shows every week now. It's a lot of fun. Soon we'll do three, four, and five days a week. That'd be great. We've actually got some really fun goals. So if you would like to see what our goals are and kind of our plan, go to patreon.com. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com slash Aaron and Danae. But let's play it. So check this out. This was, um, yeah, 2012, probably early that summer, almost exactly three years ago. So fun stuff. Hope you enjoy it. And the conversation will continue. Uh, We'll be posting this, obviously, up on our website, too. So if you've got comments or questions, you can always post them there. Share the Dough is a podcast by Erin and Danae. One time, um, Aaron and Danae were saving the world, and, um, there was this big portal up in the sky, um, and there was these bad guys, they were coming down to the portal, and they were gonna blow up everything, but, um, they saved everything. Okay, maybe that was in a movie that I saw, but, uh, they still are pretty great. I had my hair pinned up in a, um, no, she, a she, faux hawk. Yeah, it was. Nice. It was. It was. So it was this it was like orange fauxhawk thing. I think that at some point awesome. becomes an actual mohawk, right? No, fauxhawk is whenever you don't actually. It's not shaved on the side. Right, but if it gets long enough, then don't you still call it a mohawk? No, it's it's technically a fauxhawk. Because... I think it's a matter of, oh, of. I think it's a matter of dimensions. <laughs> right, like the fauxhawk is like when the the height isn't enough to outspan the width. It becomes a mohawk when the height he outspans the width. This. So you can have like <laughs> shaved, you can have like shaved hair, and just a very slight, you know, strip, and that's a mohawk because the height, you know, outspans the width. But if you have super long hair, even if it's not shaved, it's still taller than it is wider, so it becomes a mohawk, right? No. Okay. I was gonna say, <laughs> let's see, let's see where today goes with it. I'm going. Eh, that's the wrong answer. I'd like to buy another okay, vowel, I made Pat. It all up. But it was a very good attempt at you know describing what the mohawk is. So you ready to shoot the dough? Oh. I am so ready to shoe the dough. And this is a no longer safe podcast. edition of Shoe the Dough, which actually I did a podcast called No Longer Safe. And the idea was to kind of get out of our comfort zone. And so we're going to do that a little bit. And just know ahead of time, uh, this may be a little more serious than usual and a little bit longer. Privileged to have a special guest with us for this episode. Her name is Ida. Uh, she's friends with Danae, and we're glad to have her in here. Danae, tell me a little bit about how you guys met. I didn't really know Ida on like a personal level until Sarah had invited me to come over and play guitar with right. with her, and her family was there. And right. then we decided to play guitar again as a group, and I think that was the first time I met you. Okay. And uh, then we became friends. Like we actually just really connected that day. We found a lot of common common ground. I think mm-hmm. and. Um, Really, Ida became someone that uh, she was so open and so um, okay with who I was and what I was going through and excited about life that I wanted to just be around someone like that. So we started spending a lot of time together and we built a friendship and she saved my butt many times and been through a lot with me. So Well, cool. And Ida, the reason uh, you're here today is we're going to talk a little bit about atheism. Mm -hmm. Uh, And would you self-describe yourself as an atheist? You know, there's been a lot of controversy. If you're an atheist, then you actually do believe in something. So it's a religion to that kind of thing. You know, sure. I'm Ida. You know, I like um, that. I'm Ida. If I had to fall into a 
category because that's the way that's our the minds way the world operate. Likes it. We like to put people like, in categories. Yeah, we yep. like to to do that. Probably apathetic atheist. I really just don't even care enough about trying to um, define it. Define it, um, and which is kind of my my paradigm shift from when I first, you know, I. Well, we'll get we'll get there. I want okay. to get into kind of your. So uh, yes, I would of, define myself quote as an atheist. Sure, if you had to put a label on if it. If I had to, if I had to right. slap a label on it, um, with, stif- with with a stipulation that the definition of atheist would be something that if someone has not actually looked and researched themselves, but rather gotten from word of mouth, that they would do me the courtesy of just going and looking sure. from a v- wide variety of sources and then compiling your own idea of what an atheist is. Well, but in one of the things I want to talk about right off the bat is that idea of labeling. And I think one of the reasons we label each other is so we can see who's on our team. And that bothers me so much because it's not about teams, right. you know, mm-hmm. it's like, oh, it's the Christians versus the atheists okay. and the Republicans versus the Democrats. And I can tell you whose team I'm on. <laughs> okay, <laughs> I can tell you whose team I'm on. Um, and sometimes I feel like like everyone's on that team. I, I belong to to team human. There is but one planet here. There's no you know, this is it. And mm-hmm. there are things on the planet and those things are humans. Okay. And that's my team. What I'd like to do just for a few minutes and we don't, we don't have a ton of time and I feel like we'll probably have you back just cause there's probably a lot to talk about. And I oh, love, yeah. I love the idea of getting in a space with people who maybe believe differently uh, about even some of the foundational things about existence and, you know, truth and all that kind of stuff. I'm very excited about this just for an opportunity to just kind of be together. And one thing I don't want this to be is that whole debate, team against team, you know, I'm right, you're wrong, that kind of stuff. I don't just, I just don't need that. What mm-hmm. I want to happen in this space is to have a, a conversation uh, about, you know, our journey with the existence of a God or, you know, that kind of thing. And I want to be mm-hmm. able to talk about it, but I don't want it to be. Um, where we're trying to prove our point. Right. I just want it to be a conversation. And one of the things Danae and I talked about with doing these, and this will be kind of under the category of, of what we'll call a no longer safe podcast, which means getting outside of our box and mm-hmm. trying to get, you know, as Christians, we do this thing where we just wall ourselves off. Mm-hmm. And it's like we just interact with each other. And for protection's sake yeah, or whatever. Yeah, for pr- some sort of protection. We, you know, are un- unwilling to even hear opposing views. And it's just like we la, 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 you know. And mm-hmm. I just, that really bothers me because, you know, I am a firm believer in truth. Mm-hmm. And if there is truth, taking a journey to find it is going to involve listening to others and listening to what they have to say. Um, so I don't want it to be that. And I don't think it will be. And already, I, I can tell you're going to be a lot of fun. So this this will be really good. The other part of it, as we've talked about, is it kind of being like, you know how, I think it's Us Magazine does celebrities, they're just like us, mm-hmm. you know, where it's like they take oh, a like pictures, of them, pictures going, of them going to Starbucks or whatever. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Exactly. And I think sometimes as Christians, we just need to understand that we're all on the same team, mm-hmm. team humanity, like you talked mm-hmm. about, and atheists and homosexuals and all the people that we like to categorize as not us are us. Mm-hmm. You know, we're all the same. And... Uh, so, you know, I, we we always call it atheists. They're just like us. But, you know, I, I think we'll, yeah. we'll stick kind of with the no longer safe thing just uh, just for that. So I really appreciate you being here. And um, well, thank you for inviting me. This yeah. is this is for me personally a nice thing. You guys are two beautiful young people. Obviously got your oh, pulse she just called on me what's young. going. That's really nice. <laughs> I'm old. Um, <laughs> there's a reason I called you young. <laughs> it's perspective. Um <laughs> 
anyway, but for me to know that, you know, like you said, I just to dissolve, dissolve some of the the barriers yeah. that that I think fear causes. Absolutely, I, I think totally it's, agree. I totally fear, but because ultimately we're all going to have to work together. I mean, there's just no way conflict can last forever. We kind of talked about that a little bit, um, too. Like, you know, Ida's been burned by a lot of people misunderstanding um, her belief system. Like, they'll hear her her category, her title, and instead of seeing her as a person and going, huh, that's interesting that that's what you believe. When people who have known me for a long time, if I, I generally, you know, I don't tattoo it on my forehead. I, You know, I don't have a badge. I don't carry around the, you know, whatever the atheist, atheist manifesto non- would be, <laughs> you know. You know, I, you say that, but Christians do. We do wear it on our forehead and, our, you know, we and, wear and, the T-shirts, yeah. man. Yeah. And that's can and be a little aggressive. To me, yeah. I, I don't want to say anything that's judgmental, but to me, that's overcompensation. That's mm-hmm. overcompensation for something. Maybe that something is the ability to accept other people, you know. So since they're unable to accept anybody else's thoughts or beliefs— as reasonable for that person. You know, when when I tell you what I think, you know, I ask only that you say to me, you know, I respect that that's what you think. But one of my favorite things is the is the oh, you're atheist. <laughs> like I just ran over my dog, you know, or like my arm fell off. Oh my oh my gosh, there's my arm. Oh my goodness. Oh, I, I'm so We've sorry. Lost you lost your arm. You're never going to be a whole person again. One of the things that we related to was um, when we got together and kind of started talking again. Um, because when I when I became a Christian, Ida and I didn't see eye to eye on on that topic. So we kind of just grew apart for a little while there. Well, and I have an explanation for that. Oh, do you? You guys are just jumping the gun. I've got like what? all these places I want to go. <laughs> well, and this was like where we were going to end. Well, no, we're, <laughs> we're starting here. Get over it. Go ahead, Ida. Tell here's, me. Here's what happened. That's, what the, happened, that's the beauty of media. You can like go, oh, this goes at the end. end. <laughs> so um, polish it later. Yeah. <laughs> um, is that when I first really decided, okay, I'm, you know, Okay, it walks like a duck. It talks like a duck. It's a duck, Ida. You do not believe in God. Stop fighting that. Stop trying to package it and stick it, you know, stick that square where a circle is supposed to fit. It's just not in me. I don't I don't believe. But I became very angry, okay, because I, like, I was like an angry atheist. I was like, oh, I cannot believe they've done this and they've done that and everything's horrible. And, oh, my gosh, what a wrong injustice. Um that was where I was at. And then I swung back, you know, and, and, you know, kind of became like a, oh, but I want you to understand what atheism is. And I want you to, you know, and, and I want to be an educating atheist to help people, enlighten people. Now I'm kind of back to the middle where I'm an apathetic atheist. Well, I'm an atheist, but I'm not going to fight it. I'm just going to live it. When people find God, okay, this is what y'all do, okay? <laughs> I'm going to be honest with you because I've had a lot of friends, find God and lose him, find God lose, okay? You become that overzealous Christian. You, it, you're just like excited. And I understand for you, you're full of the spirit and this this wonderful feeling of excitement and, and promise and hope and, you know, okay, do you see what I'm saying? Oh, yes. And, and then after a little while, it usually either goes, and unfortunately it goes the other way, where it's like they just, you know, it's not convenient anymore because I want to go out and drink a couple of beers and smoke cigarettes and do bad things, you know. So, I mean, but eventually everyone, you know, 
that has faith and, and spirituality that's lasting kind of come back into the center ground where they're not so passionate about it that they're unrealistic in other people's existence. You know what I mean? And so do you feel like you were you were wanting to wait for Danae to come to that place to where you could connect again? Well, I don't I think didn't, I'd have realized that was the swing. I, That's well, my interpretation. Well, no, I recognized that it was, and I just knew that you, she, I knew her. I knew that she would, um, that she would, at the time, I don't think you were very accepting of where I was at. Which isn't true at all. Okay. Let me let me wrestle let me quarrel. wrestle the podcast back okay. no. here. Yep, nope, no. this is happening. This, this, no. is happening. <laughs> this is this is happening, okay? Okay. Uh, because I really do think it's important that we set the groundwork on our own stories. Like that okay. we each no. tell our story yes. of what the concept of God has meant to us and the journey in uh, you know, believing in that concept or, you know, what it's been for each of us. Because I think once we've kind of laid that on the table, it makes it easier to have these conversations about relationships. And really, those are those are the only two things we really have time to talk about mm-hmm. uh, on the podcast, because those are going to, you know, take a little bit of time. And like I said, I'd, I'd love to come together again and maybe cover some other stuff. But mm-hmm. for today, let's focus on our story you know, of that journey of, of God's existence. And then let's talk about how we relate to people who didn't come to the same landing place as us, right. you know, how Christians relate to those who, you know, land in the atheist, you know, quote unquote camp mm-hmm. or, you know, vice versa. Um, and and I'll start off just because, you know, mine's kind of the typical church boy who bought in early and has always believed uh, and has, uh, and has, has embraced it wholeheartedly. Mm-hmm. And so my story begins uh, with a uh, dad who's a pastor, just retired a couple years ago and lived what he preached. You know, so everything I heard on Sunday, I saw during the week, and that meant a lot to me and really emphasized that this was true in his life and something he really believed. Uh, same for my mom. She lived it on a day-to-day basis. Does that mean they were perfect? No, absolutely not, of course. Um, but I could tell they really believed, you know, what they were saying. And then probably around six or seven, uh, I had this real, you know, this kind of, idea of, okay, now I have my own beliefs to have. You know, I was starting to get that point where um, it's all fine and dandy that this is what my parents believe, but, you know, do I believe this too? And so um, at a church camp, um, I did the give your heart to Jesus thing, and I remember the emotion that came with that. I remember even as a seven-year-old feeling, you know, like free from all the, you know, the mistakes I'd made. I mean, really, what mistakes had I made at seven? You know, then maybe lying to my parents or stealing a cookie or, you know, whatever the case may be. But for there was that freedom and that joy. And you're absolutely right when you talk about the exuberance that comes in in that moment and how th- there's really this desire just to be, you know, kind of um, uh, aggressive is the word I'm going to put on. It's probably not exactly the right word, but just kind of a really vocal, you know, person about that kind of stuff. And uh, even as a kid, you know, I definitely embraced that wholeheartedly. And um, looking back, I was judgmental. I was uh, mean to people who didn't believe the same way I did. Not purposefully, but nevertheless, I was. Uh, and that's something that, you know, I, I feel like I, I need to try to make right even today and and try to be the person I need to be uh, to the people around me. Because, um, you know, if somebody did something I saw as wrong, you know, I didn't want any part of them. You know, if I had friends in high school that, you know, drank or smoked or dropped a swear word even, you know, it was like, I don't want any part of you. And so um, I don't think that was exactly the right uh, attitude. In fact, I don't even think it was close to the right attitude. And so I struggle with how I treated people through that time. Um, and then 
college, same way, traveled for a Christian university, telling you know high schoolers about Jesus and uh, telling them about what he meant to me, and then. Uh, afterwards I was a youth pastor for a while and now I'm in Christian radio. So I've just, I've kind of been under the umbrella my whole life. Uh, there have been times, you know, I'm the 36 soon to be 37 and there have been times, especially in the last 10 to 15 years where I think we all have to be honest enough to say, uh, as Christians, at least that have that belief, you come to points where you go, yeah, but how do I know, you know, what, how do I prove it to myself? And uh, my journey always lands in places of not just the those moments that that I feel like God shows up in my life because I can completely understand how those can be seen as coincidences or just you know a great example for me that I've used uh, often is I lost my wedding ring in the ocean and it was there for about 24 hours this was on my honeymoon I lost my wedding ring on my honeymoon that's how conscientious I was uh, and uh, 24 hours later uh, told my, my wife, I said, you know, one thing we never did when we were searching frantically yesterday is we never prayed about it. We never gave it to God. And so I just said a quick, simple little, hey, God, it's just a piece of metal, but if you want us to find it, help us find it, and stuck my head in the water, and there it was sitting at my feet. Now, for me, I go, God showed up, and God was smiling and just going, okay, see, you know, for you or for others, you know, that's just the way it happened and stuff happens and there's nothing, un, there's nothing supernatural about that. It was in the ocean and you just happened to be standing, you know, next to where it was. So I love those moments, but I think my faith comes down to, for me, where I, where I lock into it is with the, just the concept of existence and truth. And if I'm going to believe there is truth, then I think I have to believe it comes from somewhere. And so that's like, you know, where I kind of try to ground in. Um, and at the end of the day, you know, it's called faith for a reason. And so that's, you know, that's what I live on a, on a day to day basis. So that's kind of been my, my journey through the process of, of God's existence, never coming to a place where I kind of abandoned that faith, but having come to many places over the years where, you know, I question enough to consider, you know, what it means to me and, and, uh, to really consider, you know, my own experience and, you know, it's just, it's so, how you're raised is so powerful. And I want to make sure that I'm grounding into a truth that is outside of me, not just something that has been built into me as I, as I grew up. So that's my story. How about you, Danae? What's your story? Well, I was raised by a Christian family. I have generations of, of Christians, both from my dad's side and my mom's side. So, um, my mom and dad uh, chose to raise me very much like you can do anything you want to do in your life. And they would always encourage me. You can never mess up. We're going to love you forever. You could, you know, make an F on that grade and we wouldn't care because we know that you put your heart and soul into it. So I kind of always just live my life like no matter what I do, someone's always going to love me. And when I kind of started to get a little older in church and was unabashedly being my odd self, um, I started hitting really serious judgmental people in the church. Um, you know, just looks from parents that were like not excited that I was somehow encouraging their kids to be authentic versions of themselves or whatever. And, and so I kind of found that like in church, the feeling was if you want to be in church, you have to wear this mask to get along. So I was getting mixed signals and then I'd go home and I'd be getting this whole other message about it. And then, um, but then the things that started to bother me was just this, you have to be somebody different if you want to get along here. And that was the message I started getting. 
compound that with if you sin and Jesus comes back, you're going to hell. And it mm. was terrifying for me. I was so terrified that the rapture, the rapture would happen at any <laughs> moment. And God helped me that if I had just, you know, thought a bad thought about my brother or something that I was just going to, I was, I was not only lost, I was screwed. And if I, and I was going to be the kid that was alone in the house, you know, like so many times I came home from school and didn't know my parents weren't going to be there or something. And I say so many times, but several times and just going, Oh no, did I miss it? Did I do something wrong at school today? It's a, it's a terrible, it is. it's a terrible way to live. And so my response to that was, Two, it was kind of twofold. First of all, I wanted my parents to understand. So I, I went to them one day and I was like, I want to stop going to church because I hate it. I hate it. They're like, well, no, you have to go to church. So we had a conversation, which was awesome to have a, because I've always been the, even if I'm six, treat me like an adult kind of a person. And uh, what kind of won out the argument was, I am your hypocrite. You know, if you want me to go to church, that means I have to be somebody else. And I have to be, and that is supposedly a hypocrite, right? Like a hypocrite is when you're not being yourself, right? So please don't make me go to church. So they struck an agreement with me. Okay, you don't have to go to church, but you have to stay home. And I stopped going to church when I was maybe 14. And I didn't uh, believe in God again until, uh, I guess I should I should say I believed in something. I didn't know what. Um, and I think I, I kind of hit it around at 26. So there's a major portion of my young adult life that I just kind of, my goal was to be the better Christian. My goal was to prove everybody wrong, that I could go out into the world and be a better version of Christ and a better version of love to everybody that I met instead of judging them. So I had a lot of variety of friends, a lot of people that um, on one hand were more and more and more um, deeper loving. They would, you know, I could still call them today, even though we haven't talked for years. And they would understand that even though I'm a Christian now, like, that there's still a heart there and I'm still a person. Um, and then relationship wise, I grow to meet more and more dangerous people. So my, my, my story and my life here, um, growing up is both extremely exciting and very dangerous at the same time. Uh, so when you said that, you know, you were under the umbrella, <clears throat> I wasn't necessarily under the, uh, Christian umbrella, but I understand that God goes with me everywhere. So his umbrella was just this tiny little thing over my head, you know, just being like, I'm with you, girl, you know, so he never left me. And I don't know that I ever left him because I think I was still seeking him the whole time, you know, people who genuinely loved, uh, no matter how dangerous. So um, when I came to understand and believe in Jesus was a whole other story, you know, to actually believe that Jesus was um, not just a dude. Yeah. yeah, and that's and that's a hard part of our conversation today is too is we're not really talking about that. We're not necessarily talking about Christ, but it's so but that's intricate integral what I believe, to, to right. what we believe that of course we're going to mention that because Jesus is part of God in my opinion. So right. he's he's part of the story. Um, so Jesus and the Holy Spirit, you know, they're all you know in this this being that I believe. And in that way, it sounds very science fiction. It's like <laughs> I believe in a, a being that created us, and then um, part of him lives inside of us when we believe in him too. And I believe that, that that thing is good, all love, perfect, the most perfect version of love that you could ever have. And that we try to be like it, but we can't. And the reason that that matters is that um, no matter how bad I screw up, um, Jesus loves me enough to still understand. Um, and that at some point in time I die and I get to actually see what he totally looks like, which is going to freak me out. <laughs> and then he's going to tell me whether or not I get to go to heaven or hell. Now, that's a whole other story. So that's I actually believe that. And that's a fun conversation to have with people who you know are christians because 
they're like, oh, that's a different way of talking about the Trinity. And then it's interesting to talk to people who are not Christians because like, oh, that's an interesting way to look at, you know, what you, know, you believe in a being. And I'm like, yeah, it's God. And, you know, so. It, so do you feel like you I landed like, at 26? Is that what you because you said 14 to 26. Mm-hmm. So during that 12 years, was it just a was there? A, yeah, I believe in God, but I'm not sure what that means in my life. Yes. Or OK. Yeah. So it was, it, it was, I was like open to not believing about God and I was open to believing about God. I was open to whatever. Um, and I just followed my instinct as far as who to love and who not to love. And I learned about what it means to love really dangerous people. And you have, a, and you have an excellent perspective on the judgmental thing too, because that's what drove you away. Absolutely. And what's, what's crazy is the church, quote unquote, we'll just call it the church. God's people are the most unaccepting you know, people in our culture or can be or have been. Uh, I do think that's changing. I, I'm so glad. I really I've, do think I've that's changing. I've come back changing, around but... on that because this is, and this is where I was kind of tying over to, to Ida earlier, which is that um, when my friends found out that I was a Christian, it was as if I lost my arm. It was as if I had run over my puppy. (laughs) I was like, wait, no, I'm still the same person. I just, I I believe in God now. And it's just this really exciting thing. And so I stayed very solitude, like very solitary for the first few years of my young understanding of God and just absorbing that it was my reality because I didn't want to be a Christian. Like that wasn't my goal. I never thought that I would be able to associate with Christians really. And so now I'm at the part of my life where they're people too. And they're just like us (laughs) so all right Ida what's your story a long long time ago (laughs) there was a baby Ida. there was a baby (laughs) um yeah I'm sitting here listening to you guys and you guys have such clearly defined religious well what was your environment growing what was your environment growing up yeah that's what I'm saying is this I don't really my parents went to the Church of Christ it really wasn't there wasn't a lot of discussion about religion in my house. Um my stepfather was was very religious. Um um but he was he was religious um in that regard that we went to church, but not like, you know, you can never curse or, you know, it wasn't like a oppressively It wasn't ruled. legalistic. It wasn't all about the rules. Yeah, yeah. It was about the, the you know, the good parts. And so I went to church at the Church of Christ just because that's what you do. You just get up on Sunday morning because mom says get dressed and go. I remember enjoying it, you know, as far as the social part of it, you know, mm-hmm. just getting together in the in the class and stuff like that. But, you know, it was pretty much just a really sucky thing to have to get up on Sunday morning and go do. <laughs> I mean, honestly, it was just, it wasn't something that I, I just... I totally agree. You know, I cannot I, argue I, I with I just that. didn't get into it. Um, I, you know, I was baptized. Um, I remember I can recite the books of the Bible in a row because, you know... Can you really? Can you still well, do that? Uh, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, Acts, Romans, First and Second Corinthians. I think I skipped one. <laughs> something, something. Nope, I used can't to. Do it. Yeah, <laughs> I used to. It's okay. I can't either. I was yeah. going to say you no, have me beat I on did. that one. I yeah. did. So I can um, as far as you got, but, but, but it wasn't because there was some divine drive, other than the fact that um, I got paid twenty bucks to do it. Um, anyway, so I never really had <clears throat> a big religious soup pot to boil in. What I did have was um, a lot of the same experience that you had with just the, what's the word for it? Hypocrisy. I mean, there's not a better word for it in that you get these, it it was just like these 
cliques of people and they were so judgmental mm-hmm. and and they would put on a different face for church. And I went to school, you know, with a lot of these people and knew their, their kids and through their kids knew them and just the hypocrisy of it all. Just the, you know, how do you do this when you do that? And, and you know, are you just a really good Christian Sunday between nine and 12, you know? Um, <clears throat> I didn't like that because I, I, I thought that I thought that acceptance was what the church was all about. And it's not. It's acceptance conditioned. You know, it's it's a conditional thing. You have to <clears throat> you have to walk the walk or talk the talk. Um, so when I was baptized, it wasn't because I had, you know, the Holy Spirit came into me and the whole kit and caboodle. Um, it was more just this is what you do at this age. Everybody else in this class is doing it. Okay, let's do it kind of thing. Right. Um, I would say I'd probably just meandered around. I don't there was no definition for me as far as religion goes um, until I got into my first year of college and I took a, um, a world history class and, and took a world religion class. And, and I really, I remember sitting in class that day thinking to myself, it, it, I finally was able to coalesce what I thought in words. And that was, I cannot accept the thought that just because a, a Muslim doesn't believe in A, B, and C, just because a Buddhist doesn't believe in A, B, and C, or a Hindu, or a, you know, whatever it be. And and mind you, I'm looking from the perspective of a Christian sure. society, Christian outlook. That's why I'm pointing mm-hmm. at those other ones. But that they are any less loving, caring, um, devoted people. So that's kind of where my journey kind of begin just kind of okay I'm accepting the fact that I don't believe in organized religion okay mm-hmm. I'll, I'll give it that there might be a god out there just in case <laughs> you know but uh, you know that that was kind of my thought process didn't spend a lot of time on it was busy having kids going to nursing school living life you know not really anything probably early mid 30s started doing some research on it and stuff like that and that's that's when I kind of started my at, you know, angry atheist phase. And I was pissed. Okay. I mean, I was, can I say that? Pissed. You can say whatever you want. Pissed. I'm sorry. I was very, very angry. <laughs> um, <laughs> anyway, um, because there's a lot to be angry about if you look at it. You know, if you look at it from just a a human perspective, I think even you guys would admit there's stuff to be angry about. Absolutely. I, mean, I don't the think crusades. anybody would argue. Yeah. Who can sit well, there you, and you talk about the crusades? About religion being divisive and it's just like, yeah, absolutely. Religion yep. has been you one know, of the most divisive yeah. and violent parts of no of one can of No one can look absolutely. at crusades and not go, what was okay? that? Catholic Church, boom, off my planet. You know, I mean, and this is kind of what I went through. You know, it was mm-hmm. like, I can't believe that We've been cattle herded into these slots. Mm-hmm. So it was really in my 30s that I kind of just gave up, you know, realized that I don't have to defend myself. Um, and, I, and I'm a little pissed, but not too pissed. And so now I'm, I'm back to where, you know, I, I went through a phase where I wanted to tell everybody, oh, but aren't you sure? Have you looked? You know, there's clearly, clearly, you know, and then I realized that's not the right way either. You know, it's not the right way to to shove my thoughts down your throat, just like it's not yours to, you know, put yours down mine, Um, because that then is proselytizing. I mean, that's that's 
that's witnessing to people for atheism instead of, you know, for God. So now I'm in this middle ground where this is my personal journey. This is my walk on this little blue bubble. Yeah, I guess my ego would love to have fantasies of being able to affect people and to um, get them to understand that really acceptance and love and understanding and appreciation for the immense amount of beauty around us does not have to have a tag on it or does not have to have a made by, you know, or made in, made in heaven. You know, you don't have to have that. You can just appreciate it for what it is. You can appreciate it. And I think that that's pretty much where my pendulum will stay. Mm Mm-hmm. And I think we've all seen that pendulum in our own lives. And that's why I I felt like it was important to kind of get that on the table, because as we start to talk about relationships, which is the other part of this that I really want to talk about and how we interact with each other, um, we've all kind of seen that, you know, ardent follower swing of our, you know, pendulum. Well, maybe not Danae. I don't know, Danae, that you ever really embraced the go out and, you know, proselytize and that kind of thing. No, I am a total covert ninja person. (laughs) Like... (laughs) I've never attempted to um I've never attempted to convert anybody. Yeah. In fact, it's probably one of the most terrifying things like if I ever have to if people come to me and ask me questions about God and stuff, mm-hmm. I'm just like, "Oh man, <laughs> here we go." So And to touch back, that might have been where are the confusion. The, the confu- you're you hit with on me. It. Okay. Oh, totally We're there. You. And and that would be that m- at the time I'm like, oh, I God, don't she's gonna convert e- me. Oh my gosh, I don't want to, you know, I don't want to hear this. <laughs> Most of our and, conversations would be going, "No, Ida, that's not what I'm trying to do. Yeah. Ida, stop it. Ida. Yeah. Ida." And you're just like, <laughs> "Well, you know what? But you know what happens and, and this is where I was going is I think we are all people who believe that there is truth, that something is true. It's not like things that are opposite can both be true. Somebody's mm-hmm. right, but there's no Are po- we right? Huh? I, I mean, am. Is somebody right? I'm right. Somebody is. <laughs> Somebody, I'm right. It's okay. I'll do it. <laughs> like, well, and, and, and maybe I'm assuming too much. I mean, maybe there is some, you know, some inkling towards relativism, Danae or Ida. I don't know, you know, but for me, there is truth. Somebody's right and somebody's wrong. And so we want to, you know, if, if we really believe we're right, why wouldn't we want to tell other people, hey, I really think I'm right on this, you know? And so there, there is that thing. Because it's extremely offensive. That's it why. is <laughs> that you're exactly right. And, so, and it hits a part of people because we're going to want to defend ourselves. Well, we've exactly. all experienced hurt and pain. So if someone starts to top on a topic or go into a topic that's got so much history for you and mm-hmm. you're just watching them turn into this big boulder like oh you're about to just try to crush me that's, that's not that's not what it is it's I about know. getting very humble and still yes. and having a uh, having a conversation with somebody on an extremely person to person level you know and if that person can't go there then don't talk to them exactly and but what i'm saying is it come it's what's ironic is it comes from a place of wanting to bring somebody together with you and in the end all you're doing is separating them from absolutely you. that's what i was going to say is this is where i'm at I feel I'm right. Mm-hmm. I am a hundred percent confident, happy, right. content with the fact that I'm right for me. For me, the, the question is: is that can we and have relationships? People who you know, I guess it's it's up to the person. I could have a uh, hundred ways that I relate to you, Ida, and we in a hundred percent agreement, and we're a hundred percent opposed to our belief on God. Mm-hmm. And is that okay? Can we have a friendship? Well, absolutely. Obviously, we've done it for years. So so there's an example where we have agreed that we're not going to agree. And there's going to be topics that will hit on that that and we can kind of converse about. Interestingly enough, if you look at it in this world, it, and it couldn't be more apropos to talk about this right now, in this world, that is the problem with 
our democratic system is that we have two right parties. They both think they're right. You're either all in or you're all out. You can't be, you know, a, a political cross-dresser, okay? You mm-hmm. can't think, I agree but with this. But we all are. I, mm-hmm. it, we all are, but <laughs> yeah. you can't. It's just so clearly divided. And, and what is it about people of power that want to divide us? Well, it's simple. It's divide and conquer. You know, they don't want us to find that common ground because the common ground shows that the majority of people all want the same thing. There's a real arrogance that comes with saying, you know, I know I'm right. I know I'm right. And it's just like, really? Because you're mm-hmm. just as human as I am. Mm-hmm. You see the same things I do. And we're coming to different conclusions where I, I land is to say, I believe I'm right. You know, I have mm-hmm. faith that I am correct, but I am very much willing to believe that I'm as finite and frail as everybody else who's trying to figure this thing out. And I may have it wrong. I but think, I think in every culture. Why is it so hard to say? Right. That is hard to say. And it's hard to mm-hmm. say for a lot of people. And the people who do say that they're right, that they, they know 100% that they're 100% right. I, I question those people and I kind of fear them a little bit. I've met I've met some really scary people in my life. And they're usually the ones that they don't take anything else into consideration how mm-hmm. they affect other people or how they hurt other people because mm-hmm. my very core group of friends that I can really really rely on man they get me on a level of humanity and messed up and I'm just as messy as everybody else that I really appreciate because that's that's part of just being human with each other um, is having those kinds of real relationships so as we talk about the relationship part of it I guess the question I ask and we can kind of finish with this if you guys are because I think you have explored your own relationship kind of all the way through and, and come to, to to peace with that. But here's my question is, what would you say, somebody who believes differently than you do, how can they do better at treating you as a human being? So for Ida, how could a Christian do better to treat you as a fellow member of humanity? You know, one example that I have is just in the course of my work, I, I, I nurture and take care of people. That's the nature of nursing. And, um, Upon doing my job recently, taking care of a person in need and, and, you know, assuring that they're okay, and it was said to me, well, have you accepted Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior? And, you know, it was like I said to Danae earlier, um, you know, part of me just went, oh, We were connecting so well. It's like going (laughs) over to your old Aunt Betsy's house who is half blind and all of her dishes have spots on them and she makes you something to eat and you, you know, oh, do you want a piece of cake? And it's like, not really, because it's going to be so gross. But yes, oh, it's the kindness in me. You know, I I don't, it's the same kind of just just kindness in me that I I do not want to, you know, unnecessarily harm people or hurt people. What but you, you can't say yes. You know, yes. And and so I danced this little, you know, dance and, and I said, I have a different set of beliefs. Okay. Because I thought that I was a politically a correct. Nice. Right, okay. And, and, and so, okay. I understand that Christians need to witness. They need to come forth. You know, they, <laughs> they, they want to share that but the the bottom line is is it has to be shared in an environment like this or an accepting environment not a i'm here to sell you this vacuum cleaner and let me tell you all the options that you can get if you buy this particular model this particular model comes with eternal salvation and (laughs) you know i mean um where it's whereas the competitor comes you know comes with you know i mean it's just i said you know i'm you know i have a different set of beliefs and um and then the vacuum sales pitch came then it was 
well, you know, Jesus Christ is the, you know, the the acceptance of Jesus Christ and blah, 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 blah is the only way to get into heaven. And, you know, I mean, I kind of glaze over. It's well, like, sure. you know, I, I'm, you know, probably the same way he would glaze over if I sat down and said to him, hey. The same way we glaze you know, over when the Mormons come to our door. Exactly. You know? I mean, exactly. I was doing a very good job of from one human to another taking care of this person's needs. Um, very concerned. I mean, I, with my patients, I'm always concerned about them. I am their advocate. I am there for them. Um, does it matter if I've accepted Jesus Christ as my personal Lord and Savior? You know, so there's, you know, he went on to say 333 something or others in the old Liada like the little Charlie Brown teacher. <laughs> and so I just, you know, I said, well, I, I celebrate and accept that that's how you feel. And, and thank you for sharing that with me. You're good so job. good. You know, I mean, way to be atheist, Ida. <laughs> Ooh, up top, girl. Um, you know, but in my mind, I'm going, really? You know, here's something. Here's a shout out to all you Christians. I I get it. I'm glad for you that you've got a place to go after this. I don't. And there's a vast majority, like millions of us, that really don't have a place to go after this. This is our here and now. This is our heaven. This is our paradise. My backyard, my garden is my heaven. Mm. You know, could you all just please help us take care of it? Because it just seems neighborly, you know? I mean, whether or not we destroy this place or not, you know, you guys in your in your belief system are going to go on to somewhere else. But just, just, you know, leave no trash in your wake, you know? Just kind of leave it a pretty place for those who don't have the same set of systems. And that. to me, I think that's what a God would think is cool. Uh, I'm with you. Uh, I, I, so what I hear you saying to Christians or others, other people of faith, whether it's, you know, whatever person mm-hmm. of faith, is to treat me with enough respect to realize if I'm going to hear about, you know, if I'm going to in any way, shape, or form start to believe what you believe, it's going to come from a different place than you know, somebody I've never met trying to sell me, you know, Jesus Christ. It's going to, you know, it's going to come in this place. It's going to come from these conversations. It's going to come from people I know, you know, who actually care about me and know me, you know, Let's that see, I can have conversations with. Did you catch with. what you just said? Yeah, mm-hmm. I got it. Thank you. That's, there you go. Oh, it's okay. It's <laughs> no, okay. no, there's the thing. The thing is, is that ultimately... She's already where she's believes. She's I'm, not I'm already there. Yeah. You know, so... If I get to the point where I'm going to believe, and, and I apologize, I no. I thought you said it. I thought oh, when, no, no, when no. you were talking about what they were doing, you were you wanted to say to them this. I was trying to reinterpret what you said. No, you I, to say, okay, okay, I got it. Cheers, I got it. <laughs> I just he's on board, <laughs> but but that's not. I don't recall if that's what I said or not. But okay. it's more of well, my apologies. I I, didn't, I want to engage with you. You know, if we want to talk theology, let's talk theology. In an environment that's non-threatening and that that doesn't right. That's what I picked up. No, on. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Nobody's on a podium. He exactly. Is anybody else? Exactly. It's, it's even so, He thought that you left the but, opening. But for ultimately, I think ultimately, though, in the back of you know, we can say we want to hear and we want to you know, but at some point you're going to want to defend. You're mm-hmm. going to want to sure. rationalize and and mm-hmm. and you know to hash it out to hash it out, and and there is a gravitational pull there. I mean, it's just a natural thing, you know. Um, but there's a time and a place for that. But there's a time and a and place, that's what and, and what the yeah, only thing that, that can the only saying. thing that can break that gravitational pull for me to want to try to make you guys see my point of view and accept, or you know, kind of you know, or you guys go, oh, we're gonna, you know, 
right? She's going to change right before our eyes. Um, You know, for that, the only thing that can break that gravitational pull and that and that that conflict is respect. Exactly. Is respect. And so that's that's the one thing. And the other thing is is not to, you know, there is a lot of judgment that comes from I, I believe I've pretty safe in saying that there is more judgment that comes from religions to, you know, the secular community or, you know, the, the, the non-believing community than the other way around. I would disagree. I would disagree as well. But that's, that, that's where I want to go next, you know, kind of what I would say as a Christian, to, as a yeah, Christian exactly. to, yeah. to somebody who doesn't I'm believe. I'm curious what you're going to say. But, so, okay. Plus, we are in the Bible Belt. I mean, like, maybe you're feeling it because there's more Christians and churches in this area than in other areas. That's I didn't notice. Well. So, <laughs> <laughs> so that might be part of it. Like, maybe right. if you were in a different environment, you wouldn't be feeling that same judgment from the Christians because there are just well, so many uh, people who believe in God and, yeah. and stuff in this area. That might be part of it. Here, here's, can I try to restate what, what I hear you saying f- for Christians to hear, and I really want Christians to hear this from you, is quit treating me like something you need to convert you know quit yes. treating me like an object you need to get from point a to point b i have a vacuum i love it exactly it's quit awesome. trying to sell me a vacuum okay i i yep. you know if i need another vacuum i'll go find one right if we want to hang you know? out and talk about how beautiful you know the sunset was or how much we love that movie or you know what this person meant in your life if, if you want to be if you want to have a relationship that's great, but quit trying to sell me a vacuum. Right. Okay, and that's, that's where, you know, I, you know, we don't do that. I call her, she's my therapist, and she can take, you know, I just kind of always say it. I just kind of just vomit it all out, and she sifts through it and picks it out and goes, okay, now this is that's what you need disgusting. to do with that. I know. <laughs> no one said we weren't disgusting. Anyway, but it's true. I just kind of purge myself, um, and Danae has a very good ability of... Please tell me, me you put te- gloves on first before she you does. go through the vomit. Okay. Oh, no. Just, oh, Telling no, she, it's all bare to the bone. <laughs> she tells me those things that I tell myself, but I don't want to actually hear come from somebody else's mouth mm-hmm. because then it's like, ugh, you know, but she does it in such a way that it delivers it very nicely and very sweetly. And it's never coated with, with, with Jesus. Hail Marys or, mm-hmm. you know, all that good stuff. Because I respect, I respect that that's not what's going to... It's gonna, coded yeah. with, you know, hey, I can see where you're, how you're feeling this, and this is what your, you know, what what your perspective is, and I totally see that, but here, let's look at this perspective. When, Very, we, were, when we were reconnecting our friendship after a year or so of just being apart, you know, um, you had gotten over your ang- anger atheist days, and I had gotten over my, well, I'm a new Christian, this is a trip, mm-hmm. you know, and I didn't need to talk about it all the time. Yeah. Um, we, we decided that, okay, in our conversations, you know, that I'm coming from a place of, I believe in God. So if there's a little God talk in there, it's just because that's what I believe. It's not because I'm trying to convert you. And you're like, great. Cause in my conversations with you, you know, that I'm an, you know, that I don't believe that. So mm-hmm. I, you know, if, if I'm talking about scientific proof and all this stuff, it's not because I'm trying to convert you. And so it's just a mutual place right. of respect. Right. So, so yeah, I, I think it's great that you and, and at first it probably wasn't like that because at no. first if you would start talking about it, I would be like, you know, you would bust out all your weapons. I would bust out my weapons. And likewise, if I, if I did something, you would bust out your harp and your halo. And, and so we weren't, we weren't, <laughs> uh, you know, we weren't there. We weren't, but it was a brief. It was now. a very brief period of time, though. <laughs> and there were other 
factors involved in, in yes. what would keep us. This is actually a, a really um, interesting thing because like as a Christian, what I would ask other people who don't believe in Christianity is please don't just assume that I'm judging you mm-hmm. just because I believe in God and Jesus. And, um, and it might come up in conversation because you asked me a question and it relates to what I believe. Please don't assume that I am just immediately taking all of your life and judging it and, and picking you apart and trying to figure out a way that I can make you a better person. Cause I'm not, Right. I, I've never been like that. And just because I believe in God, I did not change that part about me. So that would be mine. And she does still. I mean, and it's it's represented. Your, your belief is represented in when you talk with me. It's not like I, you know, every time you mention God, I start spinning my head on axis or anything like that. <laughs> you know, it, and, and likewise, you know, because I say some scientific fact or some what I deem to be you know, anti-religious. You know what really you bothers me, though, is this thought that someone's going to be listening to this podcast and assume that I've given up on you. That's the other part about it. That's, you know, but that's, like, that's, that, that's that's that goes back that's to that the whole thing that, thing like, that okay, you guys you know, like I don't want that to happen. But it, does it mean that every opportunity that I have to talk to you is a wasted opportunity? Because in my mind, me being who I am to you is the best representation of my God that I know. I so, agree with that, but so that goes back to that thing. Yeah. What is that thing, that gravitational pull? It's guilt. That, in, that ingrained, you know, I mean, in the atheist world, that would, you know, misery loves company. This is what I was saying. We're all more alike than we are different. I okay. totally agree. And that's what, when we talk about relationships, that's what I hear all of us saying is, please treat me like you would want to be treated. Please treat me as an equal human being. Mm-hmm. And my, mine goes along the same lines. You know, something I've, I've heard from people who don't believe that, that gets under my skin is they treat me as if I'm brain damaged. You know, they treat me as if uh, I'm brainwashed or mm-hmm. I've, I'm just stupid or, you know, that I just, I just haven't really thought about it yet. Yeah, you know, I haven't, yeah. I haven't really considered and that's it that, yet. That, and that kind of collegiate, kind of higher education, exactly. scholarly, down your nose, across the glasses, and, and, I, and I'm look like, down, saying, you know, great, you've accepted this, you know, big pill of, gro- you know, just I guess, yeah. supernatural once you're, once mysticism you're willing to or whatever. Have an open mind and really think about it, then we can have a conversation. Right. And it's just like, no, I. I, you know, I believe I am being open-minded well, and really there, thinking about it and considering it. And I've had that conversation with people too, and it's it's it insults my intelligence. Exactly, and that's that's and, the judgment I no feel. But it's no less from, of an insult of my intelligence than than that little part in your mind that says. She just hasn't found that exactly. spark yet. That's she exactly just, right. It's the same. That little ways. magical light bulb hasn't gone exactly. up, and you know, and so in that it's, way, we all relate on a whole other level of just. You know, I think no matter what, people are going to judge people. That's just going to happen. Yeah. And when it comes to what we believe, there's just more at stake. Here's the thing. We all look for something to believe in. Okay. For me, I believe in my garden. I believe in my plants and being present, being right here and enjoying this moment because this moment will be gone soon. But well, what what I think is great for us to land on and to focus on is the idea that what we all want is to be respected enough that when we're talking to somebody who doesn't believe the same way we do to be respected enough to not treat me as less than you. Mm -hmm. Right. You know, and that goes, you know, both ways, Mm -hmm. you know, don't treat me as if I'm stupider than you just because I have faith and don't treat me as if, you know, I'm a project just because I don't believe the same way you do. And you have to get me into your camp, you know, Mm -hmm. that if we could all just treat each other as the equals that we are and all on the journey that we're on together, that it, we would be a lot better off. And the things that we 
both embrace like love and you know peace and the idea of you know uh, being on team humanity mm -hmm. you know that those kind of things can then rise to the forefront and we can embrace those even if we agree to disagree on some important stuff mm -hmm. you know mm -hmm. that's okay because exactly. we're respecting each other exactly and we're treating each other with that respect and so I think that's what I hear and mm -hmm. what you say Ida Danae that's what I've heard and what you said I know that's how I feel and I think that's a, as good a place as any kind of to, to, to land. land on and are we landing I we're think landing. we've I think the eagle has landed, and <laughs> Ida, thank you so much. Liberty is on the move. <laughs> <laughs> you have been completely honest and just and been. So, I mean, and you know, what? albeit maybe not coherent. No, I, I no, thought no. you were extremely I, coherent. Good, and, and you good. came into a situation where you're on somebody else's turf. I, I have where, to tell you, I did call Danae this know. morning and I said there's only one condition. Oh, I'm so glad that you're mentioning this. <laughs> <laughs> I can when, tell you what it, I said, you guys cannot pray for me. <laughs> please, I, I got to tell the well, people Ida. out there, do me a favor, please, please, please. I respect and I understand. And, and oh if, 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 you know, if it makes you feel better to pray for me, then I want you to go ahead and do that because I'm all about people feeling good about themselves. <laughs> but you know, I, I was just—I was sitting here picturing, "Oh, Holy Father!" No, no, you know, oh, please. No, that's not please. what this was about. The we gather around. No, no, we no, gather no, around no. this poor lost AC stool. No, did you? you and so I said, "I tell him what my response was." <laughs> you just started laughing. <laughs> she did. just started laughing. I laughed and laughed. What if I told you that you can support your blood pressure and healthy CoQ10 levels with two chews a day? The new Super Beats Heart Chews Advanced is now supercharged with CoQ10. That's like getting CoQ10 for free. Our powerful blend of beetroot, grapeseed extract, and CoQ10 supports your cardiovascular health. Visit RadioBeats.com and find out how you can get a free 30-day supply on bundles and save 15% with the promo code DEAL.